0: I just want to encourage you again, hit the share button. Let's share the message. You know, we're in a series that we've entitled Refuge. And you know, I was thinking this week, who would have thought, right? In the first three months of 2020, right? All of us have goals. You know, I, I was praying and fasting and believing God for some goals. Let me just tell you this. Delay is not denial, right? That God has put things in your heart and it seems like everything is slowing down. But I got to tell you, God put those things in our heart for a reason. God is not surprised at what's going on. And I'm believing that things are going to start moving forward. I believe that this coronavirus will be diminished, will be destroyed in Jesus name, right? And that we are going to get back. And I want to tell you, I believe that it's going to be better than before, that God is going to restore, Right? Whatever the devil has stolen, God is going to restore to us and multiply it. And uh, we're in this series called Refuge because I believe we're living in a time that we do need a supernatural refuge. And if you have your Bible or maybe a mobile device, I want you to turn to Psalm 91. We've actually just been going through it and we've been going through it kind of verse by verse. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, that's fine. We're gonna put it on the screen. And I love reading this together because I think it's so important to confess the word of God. So let's read Psalms 91 verses one through 15. Come on, I want you to just open up your mouth Put your coffee down for just a moment and let's read this together. Verse 1. Ready? Here we go. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, my God in him will I trust. Surely shall he deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge." His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lies ways in noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come near you. Come on, say that, believe that. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High God your dwelling place no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in your hands they shall bear you up and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me therefore For I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Then I love reading that. I don't know if you're coming to a place in your life where you can actually... really start to verbalize and you can actually memorize this scripture. That's why we're reading it out loud. And I love Psalm 91 because the psalmist is letting us know that there actually is a refuge in times of trouble. There actually is a fortress for us as as the children of God. And you go, where's the fortress? Well, verse two tells us, I will say of the Lord, he's my fortress. He it is my refuge, my fortress, my God and Him will I trust. So in Psalm 91, he's describing the presence of God. And I want you to see this as a fortress of our life, as a covering, as a shelter for our lives. In other words, let me say it this way. The refuge, the fortress is a person. And this person, God with us, Emmanuel, it's not just a Christmas uh, scripture. He's with us. His presence protects us. And so anybody grateful that we have a God that is with us right in the middle of, of the trouble, right? You know, God did not promise us a world without trouble. He actually said in the world, you're going to have trouble. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, but in this world, we have trouble, but we also have the peace of God, the very peace that he's given to us. And man, that's what I'm banking on. I'm believing for. And so here's what I want to do in part three of our refuge series. I want to talk about how God has a design deliverance to plan for the devil's devices in your life. I want to say that again. I want to talk about today how God has a designed deliverance plan for the devices that the devil is planning in your life. Look at verse 3 of Psalm 91. It says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence so god here through the psalmist right is making us aware that there are going to be snares set up a snare is simply a trap and that the enemy is setting traps for your life a fowler is someone who actually was setting traps for birds and uh i want to ask you a question have you ever in your life have you ever felt trapped or been trapped uh maybe uh in an elevator You know, maybe somebody was, well, I've been trapped in traffic. I have actually been trapped. (laughs) And uh, a couple of my friends uh, years ago, when I was in my 20s, I was living in Point Pleasant. I was living in Toms River, New Jersey. And we went down to Point Pleasant, uh, which was a beach. Shout out to Jersey Mike's Subs. Come on, somebody. Jersey Mike subs Point Pleasant. Uh, they have a big picture of Point Pleasant whenever you walk in Jersey Mike's subs. All right, Jersey Mike's. Now you can give to passion life church. That was a paid I advertisement. Come on somebody. But we went down to Point Pleasant and my friends, uh, actually uncle owned really the whole beach. And so when we would go there, they would let us ride rides for free. Well, we saw this one ride, it looked really attractive. It was kind of had looked like a big spider. And it was probably dawn, it was maybe about 5 or 6 p.m., in the evening. So the sun was going down, it was a little dark. And so this ride was all lit up. And so we got on the ride. So the ride went about 20 feet in the air and then it started going around, but not only did it go around, but it actually started to go up and down. So you would go around and up and down like this. Well, at first we were so excited. We were screaming our heads off and whoo man, this is great. We love it. And then it got to a point where like, you know how, when you get on a ride, you're you're really enjoying it. And then you have in the back of your mind, like, okay, when is this going to be done? Like, are we almost, how much more fun am I going to have? Right? So it was kind of at that point and we're going around and we're all, ah, and then we start to look at the guy who was operating the ride. And as we were looking at him, you know, we're kind of waiting to see if he's going to hit the stop button. And what happened was, is that he actually started to walk away from the ride. And to this day i don't know where he went Um, i didn't know if he just decided hey you know what i'm going to lunch I, i don't know i gotta go to the bathroom i don't know what the deal was but you know what happened was is that he left us on the ride while we were on the ride we just kept going and going and every time we would go around i would look at the little operator stand and there was nobody there oh my goodness did i feel trapped I felt totally trapped. And what this guy did is, you know, after a while, this was totally fun. It was great. And then it got to be something where we were concerned. It got to be serious. And we were screaming our heads off, help, help. And I can just imagine people walking by going, wow, look at these people. You know, they're having so much fun. (laughs) We're like screaming for our lives. Right. And finally, somebody came and stopped the ride. And I got to tell you, when we were up there, There was some moments there that I really felt like I was, I had no control. I was totally trapped. Um, My life, I didn't know, you know, are we going to die up here? It was, it was just a horrible, horrible experience, but I want to let you know, kind of like this ride, right? It looks very attractive. We didn't think we were going to get trapped. We actually were looking at how attractive the lights were, how fun it would be to get on. We didn't expect that we would come into something that would actually maybe potentially hurt our lives. And here's the reality about the devil. When he sets traps, right, traps never look like traps. For us, it was an amusement ride to get on. And later, we couldn't get off. We got on a ride that... It was actually outside of our control. And that's the goal of what a trap does. They're hidden. They don't look like traps. As a matter of fact, you didn't and wouldn't know that it was a trap until you're already in it. Until you're already in it, then you're like, whoa, there was a trap. And that's what sin does. That's how the enemy paints a picture of sin. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, but at the end it will trap you, right? Just like us looking at that amusement park ride going, yeah, we're getting on. It looks great. The next thing we know, we're caught in a situation that's outside of our control. And so many people get caught in this snare or in this trap, something that may have looked attractive. They didn't know what it was. And then you know what happens is now they're in a situation where they thought they were in control. And now they're not in control because they're trapped and the psalmist is telling us today, we need to be aware. Listen, there is an assignment against your life from the enemy. Just like God has a purpose for your life, the devil has a purpose for your life to steal, kill, and destroy. And how's he going to do that? Is he going to show up in a red outfit with a pitchfork and say, Hey, I'm the devil. No, here's what he's going to do. He wants to set some traps for you. You're not going to see them, but let me just tell you about the enemy. He knows your vulnerabilities. He knows your weaknesses. He knows how to hook you. And here's the thing about traps. Let me just say this. What may hook you is not going to hook me and what may hook me may not hook you my weakness may not be your weakness right and vice versa but here's the reality he wants to focus on that and he wants to trap you now here's why traps are so lethal they're so lethal because again you don't know that there's a trap until you're stuck in it. But Psalm 91 is telling us, listen, you got to be aware of the traps. First sec, uh, second Corinthians 2:11 says this, least Satan should take advantage of us for if we are, so we are not ignorant of his devices. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against, watch this, the devil's schemes. In 2 Corinthians 2, 11, it says this. It says, let's not be ignorant of his devices. That means the evil purposes. Right now, we're in a moment where America and the world is realizing evil. And I got to tell you, it's evil. It is evil. This is not from God, right? How do we know? Look at the fruit of it. Is it stealing, killing, and destroying people's lives? It is. It's evil. And I talk to people a lot who say, you know, I just don't believe in all this God stuff. I don't really believe good. Well, there's evil. Here it is. We're, we're, we're seeing it, Right. And he, the devil has evil purposes for our lives. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 11, uh, 11, the devil's schemes. That actually means his plans. He has a plan, right? And so to be forewarned is to be forearmed. He is forming weapons against us. But I believe that because you tuned in today, Those weapons are not going to prosper. You are gonna be delivered from the traps. Now, I want to say this because I think it's important. These traps are not accidental against your life. They are purposeful. Isn't it interesting that the devil tries different ways, right? He uses lies. If lies don't work on people, he uses fear. Look at what he's using now is the virus, trying to get people to scatter. You know, the church is, I mean, our church was thriving and growing and people are coming together, making friendships, praying with each other. And you know what? We're better together. There's power in unity, but the enemy doesn't like that. So what he's going to do, he is going to try to destroy. If he can't divide us through strife, right? He's going to send a virus. And so this isn't by accident. This is intentional. But let's expose these traps because I want us to understand why does he do this? Right? Traps are designed to, here's number one, to stop your progress, So you can become stagnant. And so a trap, what it'll do, wants to stop your progress. And let me just say this. This could actually even be in just one area of your life. It doesn't have to be your whole life. It can just be one area of your life. So it's, it's there to get you to stop, to get stuck. And here's what I want to ask you. Is there some areas in your life today where you feel stuck? You feel you're not moving forward. I want to know because I think it's important that we analyze and examine our lives because it could be an area, if we're not moving forward, that we're in a trap. Here's number two. The trap is designed to get you to revert back to your old lifestyle, to your old habits. And eventually, number three, the trap is designed for you to fall back into total sin. So why? Because the wages of sin is death. It wants to kill you. That's why traps are set for animals. They want to get captured. The people want to capture them and kill them, right? Now, here's here's the great news about all this. I'm not here to to magnify the devil, I'm not here to do that. But the Bible says we need to understand his purposes. We need to understand his schemes. But here's the great news. We have a refuge. We have Psalm 91, right? And this deliverance that Psalm 91 is telling us, it's twofold. And I think this is gonna bless you today, right? The, The deliverance that God brings from his presence, it's twofold. It's a deliverance from the traps, right? And it's a deliverance out of the traps. What do I mean? Because when we're in the presence of God, the word deliver actually means to escape. That when we are in the presence of God, we can escape traps. But here's the thing. There are some of us that we may be trapped today. We may have some things in our life that we need deliverance from. Well, here's the good news. This promise is not only to escape from, but it's actually to escape out of. So today, if there's areas of your life that are stagnant and beginning to die, I want to speak life today, but I want to encourage you. God's delivering power can bring you out of that trap. I hope that you're shouting right now at your TV, right? Because maybe you have fallen prey to the trap and maybe you're stuck. But here's the good news. God can deliver you from the trap and he can deliver you out of the trap, right? What is one of the biggest traps that we're facing today? The trap of fear. Man, it is paralyzing people. People are getting stuck. stuck. You know what it does? It, it wants to divert your attention to fear. So why? You're not in faith. I love what Psalms 124 says about God delivering us out of the trap. Psalm 124.7 says, Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. Watch this. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Let me say that again. Here's what God's power can do today. Even if you are in a trap, is that the snare, the trap can be broken in Jesus name. You know, and I just feel right now by the power of the Holy Spirit as I was saying that. That there are some of you that are saying, Phil, you don't know how long I've been addicted to this. You know that my wife doesn't even know. My family doesn't even know. It's been a stronghold in my life. I understand. But today I'm speaking the word of God to you to to say that the snare is broken over you in Jesus' name. And look what Psalms 91 verse 3 says. It says, Surely, surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Now, I wanna go back to that one word. Just look at the screen here, surely. That doesn't mean that maybe he can, he might. I don't know if he will. It means absolutely that no matter what trap is set, no matter what trap you may be into, surely he can deliver you from them all. And I just feel like it, I need to take a praise break for a moment because we need to shout that our God can surely deliver you from whatever you're facing. So I want to look today, I want to give you just three things on God's divine plan for the devil's devices. I want to show them, I want to expose them. How do we get out of these traps? And, and uh, this today in this message is really personal to me. It's really, really helped me. In the last three years, I've I've really uh, applied the things that I'm about to share uh, with you, and I believe they're going to help you. But God's divine deliverance plan for the lives, uh, for the devil's devices are, here's number one, it starts with he, then you. It starts with he, then you. Now, I know that's not proper English, but Look at Psalm 91, verse 3. It's going to tell us how God delivers us. It says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowl. Let me say it again. Surely, absolutely, he will. Watch. He shall deliver you. Right? Now, here's the key. Right? It sounds so simple. But I want you to understand this, and I hope that this this will bring some revelation to your life. Deliverance was initiated before the devil's device was ever designed over your life. I want to say that again. Deliverance, right, was already available, initiated before the devil's device was designed over your life. So let me just say it this way. Let me put it in a different perspective. When Jesus died on the cross, you and I were not there right but forgiveness was made available before you and i even committed a sin no matter how many times we committed it what we committed there was already forgiveness made available even before you made a mistake because of what jesus did on the cross it was already made available to you even before you got in the trap let me say it again deliverance is already available because Of what Jesus did. Look at Revelation 13.8. This is so powerful. It says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So you know what? God had a divine plan even before the devil designed his devices. Right? Look at this word deliver. This is what it means in the Greek. It means to snatch away, deliver, rescue, save, strip, escape. And again, this kind of describes not only right a deliverance from the trap, but a deliverance out of the trap. Now, I want to go back to Psalm 91, verse 3. I want to put that up. I want this to get in your heart. Surely he shall deliver you, right? Just just look at that for a second. Because God is the deliverer. I am the receiver. Let me, I want to say that again. God, He goes first all the time. Surely He shall deliver you. It is not you then Him. It is He then you. Can I just expose a trap for you, real quick? Here's the trap. The trap that the devil sets is you deliver you. The trap that the devil sets is you save you. Hmm. Watch. Here's the trap. This is why we get stuck. I was stuck many years, even as a, as a son of God going to church, right? Here's the trap. You change you. So really what you're doing, instead of starting with he, then you, here's what you're doing, is you're doing you, then he. You won't experience deliverance that way. You won't. You won't. This is why so many people are trapped, because they think deliverance is me before he. I know it doesn't sound right in the English language, but it makes sense, and it rhymes, and maybe this will help you. Deliverance doesn't come by me before he. It comes and starts with he, then me. He, then you. Why is that important? Because surely he will deliver you. Watch, here's number two. We need to stop obsessing over our weaknesses and start pressing into god's presence. Let me say that again. we need to stop obsessing over our weaknesses and start pressing into god's presence. Let me ask you a question you don't have to raise your hand because I know that your family's sitting there, but I want you to, I want to ask this question how many of us how many of you have weaknesses? We all do. We all do and my weakness may not be your weakness, but I had some. Incredible weaknesses. And what I'm telling you today really, really helped me because I was a person who obsessed over my weaknesses, my sins. Listen, I was very, very hard on myself at a lot of times. And guess what? I still didn't change because here's the trap. Are you ready? I'm going to focus on improving my weaknesses. I want you to hear that. You can get trapped in focusing on the wrong thing. Focusing your whole life on this. I'm gonna improve my weaknesses. That was a trap for me, because guess what? I couldn't improve my weaknesses. Yep, couldn't do it. Some, right? But some things I was trapped with, man, I needed deliverance from, right? And so me focusing on, watch this, I sinned, I sinned again. Oh my goodness, I made this mistake. Oh, I'm just, I keep doing this and I keep, and I don't want to keep doing it, but here's here's the focus becomes on what I didn't do instead of what Jesus did on the cross, right? And so we can spend our whole lives pursuing the wrong things. And watch this, I can actually start to focus and worship my weaknesses. Why? I start to talk about them all the time. I'm thinking about my weaknesses all the time. I'm thinking about how, man, I don't know when this thing is going to go away. And let me tell you and encourage you, the way we deal with our weaknesses is by allowing God's strength in our lives and his presence to become a priority in our life. And the strength comes from his presence. Let me ask you a couple questions here. And I can I can help us to see If we are really focused on weakness or we're focusing on his presence, right? Are you more focused on your mistakes or are you more focused on God's grace? You know, when we teach our growth track class, it's the class where people come and and they hear the vision of Passion Life Church. And once we get up and running again, we'll have it again. Uh, But I talk to all of them and I talk about how at our church, we are a grace conscious church not a sin-conscious church. And I asked them this week, did you have more of a sin-conscious and what percent of your thoughts were sin-conscious or what percent was more grace-conscious? Because here's what I had to do. I had a sin-consciousness that actually when that happened, I got into a trap because just being so aware and so cognizant of my own sin and guilt and shame, guess what? it started to keep me from the presence of God because I was trying to change me. Let me ask you another question. Are you more focused on your lack of provision or God's promises? What is your focus? The weakness obsessed with, Hey, you know what? We need provision. We need provision. You do. But the good news is, is you have a provider and it's this simple. It's this simple. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, listen, I know people right now who are, need a healing in their life. And guess what their focus is? It becomes healing, healing, healing. I'm going to tell you, that's weakness. What we need to shift our focus is to healer healer. Oh, I need a deliverance. I'm trapped. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. I love deliverance, but here's what we need to do. We need to shift our focus to the deliverer and his presence. Let me ask you a question. Are you more focused on the lack of protection or God's presence. I am not concerned at all about being protected because I, his presence is with me. He has never left me and he will never leave me and my church family, my friends, listen, you have to shift your thinking from sin. Listen, the weakness, to the solution, we have to switch our thinking from sin to grace. This helped me so much. What, what is grace? Grace is the presence of God. You know, John 1:17 says, for the law was given through Moses, right? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I want you to see this as the presence of God is the presence of grace. Now watch this. I hope this is helping you today. Paul wrote this in Titus chapter two, verse 11. Pastor Phil, where, where are you getting all this? Don't focus on your weakness. Watch, i want to show you scripture. It helped me so much. Paul's writing to Titus and this is what he says. Titus two, verse 11, for the grace of God. How would you say that with me? For the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it, right? It's unmerited, undeserved favor. That came from God, not you. That was God's idea, not yours. Watch this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation. Woohoo! Where does the salvation come from? Your good works? You focusing on your weakness? No. Actually, the salvation comes from the grace of God. Now watch this. Here's verse 12. Here are the results. The grace of God, when I focus my mind on the presence of God, The grace of God, verse 12, teaches me to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Now watch this. I just highlighted a couple because I want to show you. Are you ready? I was stuck, and I'm going to tell you why. Especially with self-control. I could not control myself in certain times of my life even as I gave my life to the Lord, I just, just go ahead and leave that up. I I want people to see this. Look, I could not control myself. So here's what I did. Guess what I focused on? Self-control, self-control. I'm going to obsess about my weakness. I need to be self-controlled and we do need to be self-controlled. But I want you to listen to this. It was tough and I would go to church. Now, when I would go to church, There was preaching that made me more aware of my weakness than it did his presence. Okay, that's not the type of preacher I am because I understand this scripture. Watch this. If you just focus on self-control, you may even quit and say, you know, this Christianity thing doesn't work. Well, Paul is telling us that self-control is a result of the grace of God. Paul is telling us that salvation is a result of the grace of God that when the grace of God is active in your life and you are focusing on Jesus, right? Jesus, because grace and truth came through Him. Listen to this. It's important when the grace of God is operating in your life, the presence of God, you're saying no. You have the power to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, living in self-control. So guess what happened? When I started focusing on the presence of God, His strength came into my life. And guess what happened? I would begin to have self-control. We can live upright lives because of the grace of God. I love this quote. It says, freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. Freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. Let, Let me just go back to the scripture one more time. Titus. Ready? Here we go. Here's the progression. Grace of God, salvation, saying no to ungodliness, worldly passions and self-control happens. That is not obsessing over, Oh, I just wish I didn't have worldly passions. I can't, I can't stop living an ungodly life. I can't be self-controlled. No. the The progression is God's presence and pressing into his presence and his grace, not trying to just improve my weaknesses. Right now, here's number three. Are you learning something today? God's divine deliverance plan for the devil's devices are that number three. We need to realize that a protected life comes from a submitted heart. Whoo. Let me say that again. We got to realize that a protected life comes from a submitted heart. Now, God's presence brings protection. Absolutely. Surely. We already, now watch this, but yet God gives you and I a choice. Do you want God's protection or are you going to be your own protection? Look, Psalms 91 verse four, surely he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you shall take refuge. Now, Obviously, an illustration of a mother hen gathering her chicks underneath, being hidden under the wings. But look what Jesus said in the New Testament in Luke chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus is talking to the people of Jerusalem. He said this. He says, how often, how often have I longed to gather your children together as hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Listen to the heart of Jesus, the heart of God. He's saying this, he says, you know what? I want to be your protection. I want to gather you. Man, but you got to be willing. The choice is to be willing. You've got to submit your heart. And I think this will make more sense when you understand what submit means. James 4, 7 says this, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let me say it again, submit yourselves to God then resist the devil and he will flee for you notice the progression again here it's submitting then resisting it's not resisting then submitting it is submitting and then resisting so guess what the word submit means the word submit in the Greek language means simply this to come under to come under right so watch when my heart is submitted to god i'm coming under his protection right it was funny because i don't know what you're doing at home and with your you know family and playing games and people are telling me you know we're doing crafts every night well you know it's been a great time i'm going to tell you there's been some great things that have come out of this you know love spending time with my family and watching my son grow up but Just the other night we were on the couch and we all have three blankets. We're all cuddled together on the couch and we got all these blankets and we're watching a movie and, you know, it's just cuddle time. I love that time. And all of a sudden my son goes, Hey, um, my feet are cold. And we we just because I mean, I would have loved to for you to have seen the picture. And there's all these blankets and my son's like, well, my feet are cold. And then I looked and I said, well, your feet are not under the blanket. And he just looked at me. He goes, Yeah, I know. I said, well, if you get your feet under the blanket, you'll be warm. Let me say it this way. If you get your feet under the covering, you will be protected. You will be protected if you are willing to submit your heart. The Passion Translation says it this way, James 4, 7. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn away. I want you to know that there's a surrender. What are you surrendering to? You're surrendering to the presence of God that is the protection of God against the enemy. Because you by yourself against the enemy won't win, right? But you submitted to God, right? There is a presence that is greater than yourself, right? Greater than yourself that can protect your life and resist the devil. I want to ask you a question Is your heart submitted to God? See, I think one of the biggest traps today for us, and again, we don't realize it, is that we're distracted. We're really distracted. A distracted heart isn't a submitted heart. You know, we live in a day today where you can be at worship, at church, at worship, but not in worship. What am I saying? You can be at church looking at, and listen, I will hope you hear my heart. I talk to a lot of pastors and they're my friends and I'm amazed how many people come late for worship on a Sunday morning. And here's, I'm glad you're coming. I'm glad you made it. You and your 14 kids come on, somebody coming to church. I'm glad you made it. But I'm going to just say this, it's tough to get there late and be in worship because you're at worship but not in worship, what do I mean? Because you come in and you can be so distracted that your heart doesn't come under and submit to the presence of God that's in the room, right? Listen, you can know all about faith, but never walk in faith because you never submit your heart. Listen, you can hear all about God, but never experience God, why? Because you never submit your heart. It's interesting to me how people want everything from God, yet they give him half of their heart. I want to close with this. I hope this is helping you today. It's not half hearted people that are experiencing all of God. It's not half hearted people that are experiencing all that God has for them. It's people who have submitted their whole heart to receive all that God has for them. I was thinking this morning today, as we close, I have been just listening to Hillsong, Another in the Fire song. Oh, I love it. Uh, he, he says, that first off, there is a grace when the heart is under fire. And I was listening to it and all of a sudden I just started to think of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Do you remember the story when King Nebuchadnezzar says you need to bow or you're going in the fire? See, some of us feel like right now we're in the fire, man. We're in the fire. But watch this. I love this. They say this to him. They say, King, we will not bow because our God will deliver us listen to this submitted heart are you ready even if he doesn't we still won't bow I wonder what we're submitting to that we should be resisting and what we're resisting that we should be submitting to and they say to him even if God doesn't we will not bow what a submitted heart here's what they did They came under the presence of God. And when they got thrown in the fire, you know the story. Guess what? The presence of God was visible in their life. Not only visible to them as believers, but visible to an ungodly king that when he looked in the fire, you gotta remember, they heated up the fire seven times hotter that even the people that threw them in died. And so he's looking and he's checking his eyes and he says, you know what? didn't we throw three people in the fire, but now there is a fourth man in the fire and he looks like the son of God. And let me encourage you today. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, you're going to come out of the fire. We're coming out of the fire in Jesus name. Listen, listen, we're coming out of the fire. When they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell like smoke. I want to encourage you today. This is what I believe for this time. You and I as children of God are coming. Out. Come on, we're coming out. And here's, we're coming out of the fire. We're coming out of this recession. We are coming out. And here's my prayer, and I want to prophesy over you this morning. We're not going to smell like fire. We're not going to smell like fire. As a matter of fact, people are going to see the glory of God in our lives. Why? Because there was another in the fire with us. But here's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did they submitted their hearts, they came under the protection of God. And see, when we don't submit our heart, that's where we get trapped because we get stuck. And I just got to encourage you because I want to tell you, not everybody's running to God in this time. And I have people asking me why so-and-so gets sick. And I I say, I don't know, but here's what I can tell you. Not everybody's running to the secret place of the most high God. Jesus said, I want to gather. I want you to come to me. I want to be your protection. Because those little chicks, when they came under the feathers of the Almighty, they were hidden. And guess what? The birds of prey, they could not get them because they were protected. I want to close with this scripture. Are you glad you tuned in today. Psalms 91 verse 14. Watch this. Again, this is all about heart. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. You know, we set our love. You know, I, <laughs> I, I hang out with people who have the ugliest dogs. I mean, I, I, when I see them and they love their dogs, and I see that dog and I'm like, mm, that's this does not, work. you know, there's cute dogs and there's ugly dogs. I mean, come on, let's just be honest. You know what they do? They set their love on that dog. And they're like, this is the cutest thing we love. You choose who you love. You choose who you submit to. You choose. And so today, he is saying, Because he has set his love upon me, that's you and I, I will deliver him. Again, what is he talking about? A person who submitted their heart. The person who submitted their heart is a person that is protected. I want to leave you with this. When you're walking in divine protection, you're not stepping in hidden traps. When you're walking in God's divine protection, you're not stepping into hidden traps. I want to close with asking this question and we're going to pray. I think it's a great time for us to look at our hearts. You know, the other day on Facebook, I asked the question, I said, how much of your heart does God have? How much of your heart does he have? Because God wants to give you everything. That's why he says we're supposed to love him with all of our heart. Everything. How much of his heart of your heart does he have? How much of your heart is really submitted to him? How much? Of your heart does fear have in the area of your life, in the area of your finances, right? Is your heart submitted to Him? I want to pray as we close today. If Right where you're at, if you just close your eyes for just a moment, because I want to pray two prayers. Number one, I really want to pray for some people who are feel like, man, you you need deliverance in your life. You, you've been in a trap. There's areas that you know you're not moving forward. You feel stagnant in your life, and i will got to tell you, it could be that you have stepped into the enemy's trap, and usually that happens by believing a lie in our lives. and right we didn't see it coming. I want to pray for you today. but I also want to say a prayer for maybe some people who have never really committed their heart to Jesus Christ. You never believed on him. Let's pray. Listen, if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, I never like to close uh, you know this broadcast without asking people. Have you ever committed your life to Jesus, your heart to Jesus? And I want to pray for you. And if you haven't, would you repeat after me? Say this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. Father God, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. I repent. Today I submit my heart to you. I come under your covering today by your grace Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Father, I pray for everybody today who's in a struggle. I pray for everybody today that is obsessing over these weaknesses that they have. And i pray in the name of jesus for your delivering power that today as we set our hearts on you we come under your protection traps are broken snares are broken deliverance is happening in the name of jesus healing is happening finances are being released in the name of jesus amen well Wow, what a powerful, powerful word. I I wish you were here with us. I, I just sense the presence of God. Listen, we love you. I want to encourage you again, share this. People need to hear it. People are desperate for hope. And I just want to encourage you. We'd love to hear from you. Please make sure you comment online or you can email us at info at passionlifechurch.com. Info at passionlifechurch.com. Listen, we're praying for you. You can send us prayer requests. We're believing with you. Let's dwell under God's protection by pursuing his presence. God bless you. Have a great day today.